Challenges remaining on day four of the 2021 French Open. I'm Ben Rothenberg. On this day four show, I'm delighted to be joined by guest Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova, a veteran of the WTA Tour and first time NCR guest, surprisingly, considering how many good chats Courtney and I have had with her in other mediums, but a first time NCR guest, but a longtime presence in tennis. Pavlyuchenkova made the third round of a Grand Slam for the first time back in 2008 at Wimbledon when she was only 16 years old. And now she is back into the third round of a slam yet again, beating Isla Tomjanovic in straight sets to reach the third round where she will face Irina Sabalenka next. After that win over Tomjanovic, I had a wide ranging conversation with Pavlyuchenkova on here about all sorts of topics about burnout, stress, coaching, mental health, expectations, trying to stay true to yourself on tour, and of course, at the end, a little bit of Eurovision. So here is my chat with Nastia. Hope you enjoy. Congratulations on Thank your you. win today. How are, you, how are you feeling? This has been a pretty good clay swing for you. Obviously, you know, making a third round of a slam is nothing new for you, but how are you How are you feeling about your, yeah. your progress? Yeah. I'm I'm very happy because um, uh, I know that yeah like I've been into third round um, like I, I wouldn't say many times but a few times so that's not like wow cool. I think you can say I, many. You've done it a lot. I mean, <laughs> you've done it a lot in your career. Yeah. Well, yeah. But yeah, it's it's like a it's it's an interesting feeling because of course I'm happy like last year I didn't have good results so now. Oh, like this year in Australian Open, I was first round. So of course, like uh, I'm happy to be back in the third round. So let's let's put it this way, and I don't want to take it for granted. So I'm happy. It's good, and I'm also happy with the way I've actually handled me being seated um, and um, playing good tennis. This first two matches, not like very, you know, sometimes you play like this nervous tennis because you feel like oh, I gotta go through this. So I'm like happy with the way I'm handling this. So that's very positive and. Obviously, yeah, um, playing really good matches uh, on clay in Madrid, and I do like clay swing. I like Europe, so I'm kind of trying to enjoy it as much as I can. Yeah, just I don't know if I'm getting old or whatever. My body is not <laughs> taking it so well, so I'm just like, I'm. That's why it's like a fifty-fifty feeling because I'm like I'm so happy I'm going forward, but my body is like, oh. Your body's saying no. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Like also conditions this year are very different. It's very slippery. Um, and I feel like my legs are working a bit more than they probably should. But yeah. Hmm. What, are you, what are you looking for at this point? This could be a very general question. But what mm -hmm. are you looking for at this point in your career? Like yeah. what do you want out of out of all of this? Yeah, I guess, yeah, I would like to do something, um, something good and memorable, uh, more mem memorable for me at the Grand Slams. Um, as I've been, um, I've had six uh, quarterfinals uh, yeah. and a couple of times I've had really close ones that I felt like I could have went into semis or whatever. So that's probably number one that... Um, 
Um, people ask me um, about my ranking goals, which obviously, of course, I would like to be top 10 and higher and this and that. But uh, I think at this point, um, I care more about the results itself, like at the, to be far at the tournament, to win a big title. So that's probably more than um, really like numbers of in the rankings. I saw an interview you did uh, in Russian that got translated a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago or so. Yeah. Um, one of the things you were talking about was your coaching situation and what you're looking for in a coach. I mean, you have so much experience at this point on tour. Yeah. Nothing, I can't imagine anything is too new to you. So yeah. what are you So what are you looking for in terms of a voice, in terms of a, a team, in terms of an, an attitude or a personality to, to sort of yeah. be with you, especially in this weird time? Yeah. Like um, I've had so many different coaches, and I, uh, it's it's just difficult because coaches they um, they have sort of like a model um, of a player or in their head, or they they want you to be. But I just feel like it's it's very uh, fine, like thin line, and you you have to be like. Um, uh, artist, I think you have to create your own because everybody is so different, and you can't just go and say the same things to this to different players because you have to uh, be specific. You have to have better psychology. Everybody have a different character. I mean, there are so many aspects. Um, what I'm, um, I always like to work with my brother, but because of uh, like family issues, whatever, it, it couldn't last long enough before. And then he wanted to play tennis himself. Um, but I always, for some reason, like um, tennis wise, we, we're just on the same page. And um, I like what he tells me tactic wise. He played himself. So he, he you know, because I, I, Zero. I, I never disrespect anybody, and I don't want to say anything bad about coaches. But a lot of them um, played. I'm sorry, but 20, 30 years ago, tennis. Uh, yeah. Tennis changing, like everything in life is changing and improving. So you have to have a bit of a feel. And when you didn't play yourself for so long, it's tough for you to have. And right now, at this level. Those are very, uh, very, very little details that you have to look at because everybody is practicing, everybody is fit, everybody is playing great tennis. So there, there are just a few little details uh, and psychology, obviously, to to overcome this. Have you so shifting to a younger coach? I guess is is important to you. I guess have you thought about getting? One, there's been a few players in recent years who have found former WTA players to be coaches. I don't know if that's something you'd be. Uh, interested in? I know like Martic and Skivoni are working together at this tournament, yeah. but have somebody with like very recent experience on your tour, I don't know how valuable that would be. Um, no, no, I'm honestly, I'm very happy with my brother right now at this point. Yeah. And I mean, hypothetically, I meant yeah. more, more as an idea. Yeah, yeah. At, at this point right now in my career, I, I would take anybody, to be honest, and I don't care about the name, how they played, as long as I feel happy on court and I know that, okay, right, he says something that makes sense to me that is empathy, like that is working with me, mm -hmm. then it's cool. It, it can be anybody. It could be even you, like, honestly, <laughs> like if it works for yeah. me, who cares? Um, just because before in my uh, early um, years in my career, I always cared a lot about what people going to think or say, because I felt like I have to be, I have to have a good image. I have to be like, I have to have this sponsor and I have to wear this and I have to act like this because that's what they tell me to do. And because when you're younger, 
you like you don't have much experience and you think okay it's cool and and it's whatever you you like it you do it you know just right now i'm more on the path and doing my own way whatever i feel is good for me and whatever is make me happy so that's that's why um i'm like very free with people and coaches and it's like this in life with me too i I'm friends with whoever I want, not because this person yeah. is rich or famous or this. So it's like how I live life. Yeah, I'm curious to hear more about that because you're talking about sort of, I guess, the sort of being authentic to yourself and not mm-hmm. feeling the pressures of trying to be like, what were those certain, you know, pressures you were feeling? Were they trying to make you the next, I don't know, to copy someone else's plan, whether it's next, like, I don't know, Sharapova yeah. from your country or whoever else it might be that you're getting in a sort of lane of or, or what, what kind of feelings were you feeling that you had to try to break into your own uh individual space yeah yeah absolutely also i mean uh yeah it could be uh, could be a sharapova at that time or serene or, or even myself because i was watching obviously you trying to be like um you're watching the best players in the world so they were those players and um me myself uh like you you try to pick up a few things from there from there and you know and also coaches and people say like oh look how she's doing this or like look how she's warming up yeah but you know maybe i'll be tired from this warm-up and maybe i need something else you know so it's like why should i like now i'll be like okay cool well that's good for her why should i do this um but before uh, like you didn't have this experience so you and also of course i was coming from um like ussr family uh, my parents um mm. my parents like my dad was super strict and uh, my mom is also like they you know they tried to follow sort of like the rules and before back then uh, in ussr it was like people do what you have to do like what people gonna yeah. what they're gonna think so yeah and especially i know I, even just from ussr and soviet sports I yeah. know they had like very real systems yeah. so there was a very much like a one way to do things and i guess do you feel yourself trying to have to break free from that and that russian mindset yeah absolutely and it took me years like mm. it took me so long and um i think i was struggling with this too because i couldn't understand uh, at that time nobody could tell me but i feel like um that wasn't it wasn't me but and I was doing something and I couldn't understand why I feel so weird like it's just not sitting with me Um, and I just kind of weird I'm I'm doing everything right like doing what they tell me but it's just uh, something like I don't know like you know I feel so heavy every time where now um, I think that's why like I, I always, my brother always, like, he was out of this uh, box all the time. He yeah. was the first one, like, to wear, like, weird stuff, different shoes, uh, hair, uh, piercing very at the early age, uh, tattoos. And, and back then in our country, in my home city, everybody was like, and my dad hated it so badly because it was just not <laughs> the way he sh- like you should do it because it was out of the box so then but now i i do that too uh, but i started doing that just not long ago unfortunately or fortunately but at least like now i feel happy and free well you definitely have expression i mean i never know at any game tournament like what your hair color will be or anything <laughs> see so you certainly can change yeah. a lot a lot there um i guess you, you've been based in france a long time and i'm wondering if you feel like the the sort of expression that a lot of French players are associated with, you know, a country that produced players like Gamal Fils or like Benoit Paire or like the sort of, you know, more free spirits type tennis energy and yeah. lots of the women too. Like if that matches your 
your mindset more like sort of just it feels like a more comfortable home for you just from a tennis culture sort of perspective yeah yeah it does a bit but i i don't know i just uh never try to yeah you're right they have that yeah but i i never really try to look at anybody anymore like no, i don't no. do that and uh like says so i can say stuff out of nowhere people just would be like shocked I also do it sometimes on purpose to get their reaction, um, how they would react, you know. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just, uh, I don't know, it's been there all the time. But uh, because I was uh, I was not expressing myself um, and like, for example, you know, social media as well. When I was like younger, um, my parents or like people would tell me, why, why do you need to even post? Why would you post? Like, it's really private. Keep it for yourself, you know? So it's like every time they always tell me, like, stop, stop, calm down, don't do it, don't do it, you know? So it's, um, uh, I guess maybe also that's why I couldn't really be free on the court as well. I don't know. There's been a lot of conversation, obviously, this week in yeah. the tournament about sort of mental health and everything going on with Naomi Osaka and her pulling out of yeah. the tournament. And I'm curious, you sort of talk about your own sort of self-expression or trying to, you know, fit into a system that has certain rules or expectations. And I don't know, do you do you relate to anything that, that sure she's been bringing up or, or the conversations that have started around the importance of that in tennis? Yeah, well, I, I definitely I'm aware of that. And uh, um, I don't know, I'm like in between um, mm. because I think uh, yeah, she. I'm. I'm. First, I feel sorry she has this. She feels this mental health, um, and especially in her position, it's very tough when she's always like on a, a spot. That's not easy, yeah. of course. And she's still very young. But I think um, she's a champion, right? And I think you can still handle it. Um, like maybe you just go do the interview, but you don't have to like really talk too much right you can just be very quiet and answer a few words but you can still do it i don't yeah um for example like it's never easy of course for anybody especially if you lose or whatever you have to go to press but like personally to me you guys never really done anything like i've never really had like super rough questions that I would be like crying after and mm. and I'm this kind of person if somebody wants to do this to me I'll definitely attack back like so then mm. so then I'm like this like I wouldn't be crying I would be like what did you say like come to me um, <laughs> so I have this opposite like because everybody is different you know so yeah. I have um, I look at this uh, in a different perspective but definitely there is um, definitely it's not easy um, but you can still, I think, handle it somehow. Yeah. I, I saw something that during your run in Madrid that you spoke about being close to, to quitting at some point. Is yeah. That right? Yeah. And, and what was that? What, if you can explain that sort of pro process. I heard about it. I, didn't, I couldn't find the quote, but I was, yeah, I heard yeah. this was, was yeah, said. What, um, what, did, what, did, what were you saying there? Yeah. Um, I had this like rough moment three years ago where um, I, I guess I had sort of close to burnout, slight depression where I just um, didn't, I was not enjoying anything in life anymore. So including mm. tennis, I wasn't enjoying anything on court or off the court. I, I was just lost, I think. Honestly, like I came to the point where um, I'm not happy where I am in tennis because I, I don't want to be 20, 30 all my life. I just feel like I want to be better. Um, but I couldn't do anything at that point And I had 
zero motivation also. Uh, and then um, also of the court, I just didn't want to wake up really. I had nothing to do. Nothing was making me happy. Um, not friends, nothing, um, zero, honestly. So it was a disaster. I, I tell you this is probably the worst feeling ever you can have uh, in your life, where you just like, you wake up and you don't know what you want to do. You actually don't want to do anything. So I don't know how I came to that point. I guess maybe too much tennis. <laughs> Um, and uh, then, uh, yeah, I've had some help a little bit and also myself, I isolate myself uh, on purpose as well. Um, um, kind of started to sort of, you know, it's a cliche, they say you have to find yourself, but kind of, I kind of did that. I was reading a lot and then, um, and then I came to just long story short, I came to one point that everything comes within you uh, when you're happy within yourself. Because I expected all my life since I was a kid that um, trophies or other people or something is going to make me happy. So that I was I was always sick in this. And you sometimes find yourself surrounded by a lot of people and coaches and friends, but you still feel lonely. So that was the worst part. Yeah. I think so that that's what um, I'm happy I kind of break through that and and then um, the opposite it gave me this extra push to be even more motivated and play tennis. I think that, that kind of conversation I think fits into the Osaka conversation too just how how lonely and how isolating it can be on tour I mean it's a very individual sport yeah. you know and, and everybody's also been doing it I mean you were obviously like a top junior you've been yeah. on tour since yeah. you were a teenager it's it, and in this sort of mode of being all about you know your individual results and that sort of defining you or people see you for that maybe and, and it has to be it has to be tough to be yeah but because looked at that way and to feel to feel like your value is tied up in in your results in this way absolutely because you also don't know who's there for you because they like you how you are or because you won because you won matches or you won the trophy or because your uh, your ranking is good or you you have a name or you reach or whatever you know so then after you just become a bit like blind you don't know anymore like why why this person is with me like what what do they want do they really like me so you kind of yeah. get lost and you lose yourself after honestly like it's kind of it's um actually it's not a, if she has this i i feel really sorry for her it's like it's the worst feeling ever because i i was through that one last hopefully positive thing i saw i was tweeting during the eurovision final a uh, couple weeks ago and saw that you liked one of my tweets yeah. about uh, manisha who's the russian singer yeah. um which was one of my favorite entries yeah. this year i'm curious what you thought of of that song and of uh, i guess of eurovision more generally yeah no you're watching yeah because i usually don't tweet so much but because um i i went um on twitter while what while watching uh, eurovision and i actually saw your tweet and i was like wow that's cool because we uh we almost had exactly the same thoughts on everything like i was I was thinking, mm -hmm. okay. I was thinking the same, and I thought, okay, I'm not gonna just like retweet everything from him, from Ben, and like comment and like. He'll be like, okay, who's this weirdo? Um, but, <laughs> but, but actually, yeah, like, cause I, I liked like Iceland and all of those. Like, you also had this, and I saw, I'm like, oh, cool. He, so like, we're on the same page there, you know. So. And, uh, That's, I'd be very happy to, have, to hear, you know, of a of a of a kindred spirit. Yeah, you know, okay, and, next and the same time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, next yeah. time for sure. But yeah, like, don't be shy around Eurovision okay. with me. That's no problem. <laughs> okay, yeah, I just like actually I love Eurovision and uh, it was cool. Um, and I like, I mean, Italy was cool, so I'm I'm glad they won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's possible. It's possible the next year Eurovision will be in Rome during Rome. Yeah. 
that is a possibility with how the calendar works. Yeah. So that would be yeah. that is sort of something I'm hoping could happen. Oh yeah. If you want to go to Maybe players it'd, be a, it'd be a chance. We could get a box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thank you very much, Nancy. Thanks, Appreciate man. it. Okay. So thank you very much to Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova for coming on the show today. And thank you to you all for listening. As you may have seen on Twitter, we are getting close to getting our 300th patron on our Patreon and pushing to get to that 300 before we cross the episode 300 threshold, which is sort of asymptotically coming just close to here on episode 299i today. Uh, if you have not supported the show and enjoy the show, we would love to have your support there for as little as $3 a month on Patreon, patreon.com slash no challenges reigning. I want to thank our new backers who have signed on just today. That's our last episode who are Neil Riley and Olivia Haynes. So thank you to both of them. And thank you to our Slam Champ backers. We thank every episode. Susanna W., Sean Mulroy, Mary Crillo, Leah Williams, Liz Kennel, Jonathan Weinbaum, Sean Simeon, James Hindle, Audrey Wellens, Antonio Maycumber, Anna Valinder, and Timothy Liu, and our GOAT backers, Mike, Nicole Copeland, Pam Shriver, and J.O.D. We'll see you again soon. Au revoir. Here is the great Russian Eurovision entry, Russian Woman by Manisha. Bye, guys. Tasvidaniya. Oh,